So there I am, running, running through a enthusiastic crowd. They're cheering for me. They're giving me words of encouragement. And I'm running through the streets on my path. And the final destination is in the stadium where the world is tuned in to watch me take my torch and light the ceremony event torch which kicks off the 1996 Summer Olympics. And that really happened. Facts! Episode 27, kicking off. Let's go. I got my buddy DJ Khaled. DJ, hit me with another one. What am I going to be talking about today? Am I going to be talking about how plants gain their energy by a process called photosynthesis? No. Am I going to talk about why plants and trees and grasses and shrubs are green because of the chemical that resides in them? No, I'm not going to be talking about that. I'm going to be talking about something that is a little bit more interesting. I'm going to be talking about sex, drugs, rock and roll, heroin, more sex, recovery, addiction, getting shit-faced, rocking out, and ultimately being drugged through hell, but then overcoming And seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. There's going to be a period of paradise. There's going to be a rise. There's going to be a fall. And then there's going to be another resurrection. And this is all through the life of the front man for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Anthony Kiedis himself. Round of applause everybody. So there is a quote saying that a reader lives a thousand lives and the person who does not read only lives one while I didn't read this book I did listen to it it is his autobiography there's not enough time in the day to read all of the interesting things that tickle my fancy so I take the opportunity while I'm at work to stimulate my mind with all kinds of goodness from philosophy, to crime podcast, to market analysis, real estate. I have the luxury of tuning in to Harvard-educated people talk about interesting things. From Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about black holes, to Jordan Peterson lecturing about Exodus and Moses, to David Goggins talking about staying hard. And that stay stay hard catchphrase is more than a phrase that can be heard on porno sets all across America. No, stay hard is a is a philosophy of David Goggins. And boy, right now, I am so hard. So Anthony Kiedis, as I've mentioned before, you might have heard his music. He's the front man for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. 
you know, the can't stop under the bridge. He has been rocking for many, many years before social media, before uh, that was during like the MTV days. But man, he's had a long, a long career. And I looked up his net worth and he's estimated to be about one hundred and fifty dollars. His net worth. Who knows? Could be more. Could be less. He could be bankrupt. He could have injected all of that money into his veins uh, by the via heroin, because he had a huge, a huge heroin and cocaine and crack addiction, and. The human condition, once again, fascinates me completely because here we have a rock star with all of the money, mountains and mountains of money, just to play music, to come up with some rhyming words, jump around on stage, and then once once the, the, sta- the concert is done, go back and do some drugs, bang some groupies, and get paid millions of dollars for that. Go on tours all across the world with your buddies. But there's an old adage, be careful what you wish for. Because you may end up getting it. And that's what he did. He sure, sure enough, he got it. He got his fair share and then some. But before we get to to the rock stardom, I will take this moment to fill you in a little bit about his tumultuous upbringing. Yep, it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies. He had a interesting dynamic relationship with his father. His mother and father they separated uh, when he was about eleven years old, uh, approximately. This is all coming off the top of my dome. I just finished listening to the book. I think it was about eighteen hours. I could be wrong once again, but it was it was multi- it was ten plus hours. And once again, I have that luxury to invest those 10 hours while I'm at work to keep my mind stimulated. And I love it. I could be listening to K-Rock or uh, Cardi B and, you know, whatever, whatever type of pop music. No, but I'm out here listening to audiobooks. And this Anthony Kiedis one happened across my radar and I was like, hey, I think he would be an interesting guy. I enjoy his music. Let's see what he's all about. You know what? And they, they make movies out of uh, rock stars. And a rock star or a celebrity, they're, they're, they are an, arch- an archetype. An archetype that can be um, relative to any point in time. Someone of a higher st- status. Someone of, with a high talent. Someone who is um, desired after. Someone who, you know, they're, they're jesters for the king, right? They're entertaining. We all want to be entertained. And when those musicians are up doing their thing, you know, it's, it's, it's magical. You know, they're able to control the, the crowds, their emotions. They can get them all on the same page, rocking. So that was his job. As I've mentioned, his upbringing was tumultuous. Mother and father split up when he was about 11 years old, so... He lived with his mom for a little while, and then she started to see someone else, and things got heated over there, and they were they were 
you know, it was unsettling for him over there, so he decided to move with his father. And his father was a whack job! His father was more of a friend, and a bad friend at that, than he was any type of father figure. His father did a lot of partying. He was some sort of a hippie in, like, the Southern California era. era. You know, during that time, in, like, the 70s and 80s, so... Let your imagination pick up on that. His father was also into drugs, smoking weed. Smoking marijuana back then was not what it is today. It was more taboo. It was more... It was more criminalized. And only... Only the far out people did it. That's why the underground culture did it. These days, you can go on YouTube and... Watch some grandma uh, taking a dab and creating some YouTube content. It's totally normal these days. But their marijuana use slowly got into alcoholism. And now they're partying. And now they are doing cocaine together. And now they're ejecting each other with needles and shady characters. You know, like his school, of course, that falls to the wayside because why go to school when you don't have to? There's no one making you. And so rather than going to school, he would do other things. There were other things that were more important than an education. And I can relate to that because when I was younger, I didn't want to go to school. There was other things that I would have rather been doing with my time, like roaming these streets, skateboarding, doing whatever, riding my bike. Fast forward a little bit to where the forming of the band starts to take place. Their first guitar player tragically died of a heroin overdose, and Anthony Kiedis... He was doing heroin, cocaine. Man, just partying the lifestyle, right? Young, dumb, and just getting after it. There's no consequences when you are that age. You you know everything. All of the cautionary tales that you have heard do not apply to you. You have already you already have a skewed and warped perception of how the world works because of your caretakers. Um because of their mindset their mindset was just to get high and take as much as you can get and everything else is a is a form of the man you know trying to keep you down so the band starts to do good they're they end up going through about seven seven different guitar players throughout the history of the band But after the one that died, the very first one, they end up going through a couple other guitar players. And mind you, there is just sexcapades going on here and there. He he actually goes into depth about some of these sexcapades that that he encountered or experienced throughout his rock and roll lifetime. And man, I gotta admit... My nipples got a little bit hard. Anyways, going back to that quote. A person who reads 
lives a thousand lives, uh, lifetimes. And some of the, the stories he was telling, man, I was vicariously living through him. Sheesh. So, sex, drugs, rock and roll, death, addiction, recovery, relapse, getting tossed in a loony bin, a being in relationships with crazy women, I'm sure they were smoking hot, but they were drug addicts too. So imagine all the chaos and insecurity and jealous feelings that was going on there. Now, once again, this audiobook was 10 hours long. It was really, it was, the narrator was by... A familiar voice. I was like, man, this voice sounds familiar. And I looked on the cover of the book. And it said narrated by Ryder Strong. So I was like, man, who the hell is Ryder Strong with this familiar voice? Let me look him up. And I looked him up. And guess who it was? The guy from Boy Meets World. Not Ben Savage. It was the bad boy. The one with the suave hair. If you're able to... You know, he wasn't with Topanga. Corey was with Topanga. He was... Ryder Strong was the kid. He was kind of like the bad boy. But anyways, he narrated the book and he he did a really good job. Because I have listened to some narrators in the past with some of these other books that I've listened to. And it could be kind of a struggle to, um, to like really listen to them. But you just power through and you just absorb the knowledge. But Ryder Strong, good job, buddy. Maybe one of these days you can narrate one of my books. So, Anthony Kiedis, rock star, going on world tours, having all the money. But despite having all that, after his shows, he would go out, do heroin. He would isolate himself. He would go down to seedy locations in the ghetto and he would go get his drugs. And that is something that I'm able to relate to. It's something that I have heard because we can gather wisdom from other people and we can learn from other people's testimonies. And what drugs do to you when they really start to get their talons into your soul You and your heart and your mind, you know the right thing to do. You know where to go. If you're in a, you know, you have your family, your relationship, your job, your duties, your responsibilities. You know the right thing. But that monkey on your back, that 800 pound gorilla, aka your drug habit, that has other plans for you. The people who you you are supposed to be with. Those are not the people you end up being with because your habit will separate you from everything that's good. And many times Anthony Kiedis tells the stories of the darkest places that he's been to mentally, physically, spiritually. I I don't know what it feels like to be addicted to heroin I have heard other people's testimonies of how it feels, the withdrawals, the constant needing for more. 
Man, man, that sounds horrible. That, that sounds like shit. That does not sound like fun. And there's a segment in my book that I'm writing about that the party always stops. The party does not go on forever. There are slippery slopes. And I, I love that that vision of a slippery slope. You know, like, like you're trying to walk up a slope, right? You think you can do it. You're taking these little baby steps. You know, hey, I got this. I know what I'm doing. I'm making progress. Look at me. I am successfully traversing this incline. And then all of a sudden, you slip and fall on your ass. And then you cannot stop. And you end up miles and miles and miles down that slippery slope into a much darker place. So the slippery slope, that is a great, a great visualization to use. And I'm sure that we all can relate to what it feels like to be on a slippery slope where we give the devil an inch and he takes a mile. And Anthony Kiedis, he enrolls through, he enrolls in various rehabs, various programs and he said a, he said a series of words that I've never heard before but makes absolute sense when it comes to addiction and he said that or when it comes to drinking being a alcoholic Anthony Kiedis says that one is too many and a thousand is not enough and when i heard that i was like oh wow that is eloquently and poetically put when you are in recovery and you think you can have one, one is too much. How much is enough? Just even having one. But then after you have that one, a thousand is not enough. It is insatiable. That feeling is inquenchable. Your flesh cannot get enough of whatever it desires and it will... It will... If you do not get a grip on your flesh, your flesh will will ultimately kill you. Facts. Now getting back to where that 800 pound gorilla takes you by the collar of your shirt and leads you to a ghetto to where you are a multi-millionaire rock star with fans. And now your addiction has separated you from the people who care about you most. They separate you from your band, which, hey, your band is filled with 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 addicts. But, you know, there's people who who loved him, like his his mother, his family, his bandmates, his bandmates ultimately cared for him. There were some people who were sober in his life who wanted to help him. But you can lead a horse to water. But you can't make it drink. That's another good one, right? So that 800-pound gorilla will grab you by the collar of your shirt, take you into the seediest of places, lock you in a room by yourself with your drugs until you do them all. And Anthony Kiedis had many times where he would be in exotic locations. He'd be in Hawaii. He'd be in uh, Australia, wherever. And he would somehow find his drugs, 
he would say that uh, he went to go and spend $5,000, and that would last him a, a few days on cocaine and heroin and alcohol. And then after that three- or four-day binge, he would look like hell. His arms would have track marks all over it. And then what did he do after that? He went out and got more. And then once again, that cycle just repeated. What did he do after all all those drugs were done? You already know, he went out and got more. The power of addiction. Oh, man. We are all addicted to something. Not to the level of a heroin addict, but... I'm sure we all can relate to these impulses that we have, that when they call, we answer. No matter what, when our when our impulses tell us to jump, all we say is how high. And we all can think that we have everything under control and that we would never end up like that. But hey, that's part of the human condition. Uh, human condition, of course. Other people's other people are more genetically predisposed to take on those addictive behaviors. But because it, it is a part of the human condition, if we don't set up the boundaries or have the coping mechanisms and the healthy ways to self-soothe ourselves. That slippery slope can slide your ass all the way into the wilderness. Until one day you look in the mirror and another old adage, you will not even recognize that person looking back at you. And that happened to Anthony Kiedis many times. So the relationships that Anthony Kiedis got himself into of course they were with hot attractive women but they were drug addicts as well and when you put two drug addicts together that's a bad recipe because all that they are going to do is have sex do drugs and fight hey sounds like a good time right But man, that is so much stress. Some of these fights and arguments that he got into, they were stressing me out. And once again, that quote that I opened up the book with, a man who reads has lived a thousand lives. And Anthony Kiedis, he wrote that book well because he was taking me on the ride of his life in a very immersive way. He tells stories of the good times and bad times with his band. And leading up to his rock stardom, the only thing that he wanted to was be a a rock star. That's all he wanted to do. And then you finally get it And you risk it all by doing drugs. Fascinating stuff, right? It's like here you have everything that you have ever imagined, plus more. And then you're going to go and put a needle in your arm. Which leads me to the next topic. 
of the inability to self-soothe ourselves in a way that promotes healing, health, and strength. If we don't do those things, it doesn't matter what we have. You can have the jets, you can have the millions of dollars, you can have the hot supermodels, you can have the fans, but if on the inside you are hurting, none of that stuff is going to fill even the tiniest crack in your heart. And it's like, OMG, man, that is so deep and so rich. You know, there's always something that is going to be a thorn in our side, a, a rock in our shoe. And that's why we need to take every single day to practice gratitude, to get our our minds right, to not take these little things for granted because the the devil is a deceiver. And those little pieces of doubt that will be planted into your mind just they will grow and blossom until you're a until you are just enshrouded in fog and then you don't know which way is up down left right you don't know where you're at and because money does buy everything that you need money does buy power when you are hurting on the inside you think that buying all of these things are going to make you happy and they will make you happy for the moment but that happiness wears off it always wears off every single time you can have Jeff Bezos's 500 million dollar yacht yeah sure you you'll have fun on it for a year two three I don't know five years ten years however long but hey after that 10 years, let's say you, you have fun on it, on it for 10 years, you're going to desire something else. Facts! Every single time. It doesn't matter. Because that's just how the, that's just what the human condition does. And if you aren't aware of that, your insatiable appetite for more is just going to compel you to do more things that don't properly heal you. And if you don't know how to deal with your stress in a proper way, then you are just digging yourself deeper and deeper. And stress happens all the time every day. These little things add up. Death by a thousand cuts is another wise old adage and that's how stress accumulates the the other day my son asked me what it feels like to be high I'm not sure if I spoke about this already but he's 10 years old and in the San Francisco Bay Area there are quite a bit of homeless people mentally ill patients and drug addicts and he was like dad what does it feel like to be high and then I had to think for a moment. This was a dad put on the spot moment. Like, hey dad, where do babies come from? But this was a little bit more of a sophisticated question for a sophisticated kid. And so, I broke it down to him on a level that he's able to understand. And currently, right now, my son plays basketball. He's out there dribbling. 
He's out there, you know, taking the shots. He's on a basketball team, and he's one of the, he's one of the better players. And whenever he's out there crossing someone over or making a a difficult shot, a three pointer, or getting an and one, driving the lane, shooting the basket, and getting fouled, and and, and the bucket's still going in, all of his friends hype him up. And they're cheering for him. He has a big smile on his face. He intrinsically feels a job well done. And that is a high. That is a natural high. That is a, a high that was earned by learning a new skill. As it pertains to basketball, it is the new skill of ball handling. Um, being able to take those shots and make them. Uh, you know, defense, you know, just the, the, the overall basketball experience, all of those skills that you need to, to learn and acquire and become competent over to elevate your basketball skills, to gain that adoration from your peers for a job well done. It all needs to be practiced. And it is the practicing and acquiring and gaining competency of a new skill and then using those skills in a real life setting to add value to a team, to yourself, to your community, to your school, to whoever. And adding that value, that is what makes you feel high. But that takes work. That takes effort. That takes that that takes hard work. And now you know, parlaying your your rock band into superstardom, yeah, that takes hard work too. But once you get so high from doing that, and then you're getting high all the way up while you're doing that, like I, I don't I don't have all the answers. I don't have all of the variables. Life is very complex. But what I do know is that it doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter all of the possessions, all of the money. None of that stuff matters. If at the end of the day, you're miserable and looking for more and numbing yourself with alcohol, heroin, cocaine, sugary treats, gambling, whatever. If at the end of the day, you are using your vice to prop you up because you are too weak to stand on yourself. You're too weak to face whatever stresses you are at whatever whatever level of life you are in. If you need a vice to prop you up and something to to numb you because you can't face it, that is why people go to drugs. And to my estimation, That is what a lesser person does. That is someone, that is what someone does when they don't have it together. Because, hey, I've been there. I've been there. I've done that. Not to the level of front men singing Red Hot Chili Pepper worldwide touring. Man has, has, has done it. But, hey, I've, I, I dabbled. And I know where it leads you. I know how it feels, the hopelessness, the darkness. I also know how it feels to 
to get back up after you've been knocked down once or twice. I also know how it feels to rise up and find a path that promotes strength. And hey, that's an archetype, an archetype right there. That's the Rocky archetype. They make movies out of people like that. And you know what? They also make movies out of these train wrecks. These train wrecks of lives that these celebrities live. But those are called cautionary tales. We learn what not to do. And because of the thousand lives that I have lived vicariously through books and audiobooks and listening to podcasts and interviews, I have a deeper understanding of what works and what doesn't work. And while some people might say, hey, you don't have a million dollars, you don't have $10 million, money is only one way to measure wealth. There are so many other ways to measure your overall well-being. And hey, Biggie Small said, more money, more, more problems. And I don't need any more problems. I have everything that I need I just need to be able to appreciate and not lose the gratitude in my heart when it comes to thinking about the things that I have and not comparing myself to what other people have. Because Eleanor Roosevelt, she's the one who said comparison is the thief of joy. And I believe that too. Because... Hey, I have experienced that. I have experienced comparing myself to what other people have and losing my joy. But as we grow, learn, and mature, that the things that I'm measuring myself towards other people, like like say, for example, in my younger years, you would see someone with a nice car and you would compare that to your car. And then you'd be like, man, this guy has a nicer car. He has rims on his car. He has a a sound system on his car. You would just see that car and it would make you feel like your car was less than. But I don't know how that guy got his car. Is he in debt? Is he even making his payments? Can he even afford that car? Did his grandpa die? And did he inherit, I don't know, a million dollars? $20,000? I don't know. But we don't know how people are doing uh, spiritually, financially, or or in, in any other facet. We have to be content with who we are, what we have, and believe that we have everything that we have. We are exactly where we are supposed to be. We have been through exactly the things that we have been meant to go through. In order for it to become the person who we need to become. And all of the things that we do. Are going to do. Are going to be the things that. Get us to where we need to go. You follow? I know you follow. You're a, you're a smart group of people. I know I'm talking to myself. But these words are going to land in. Someone's subconscious. Someone is going to be persuaded. I don't know in what way, but hopefully in a positive way. So listen to or read Scar Tissue, Anthony Kiedis' autobiography about his life of, of 
a tumultuous childhood, the rise to rock stardom, the hardships and hellish pits of addiction, ay, 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 and the sexual escapades that may or may not just get your nipples hard. But if you're into all that and you want to live another life vicariously through someone else, it's a interesting listen or an interesting read. So until my next episode, it's onward. Always onward.